So what's Cincinnati going to bring? Sweet tea or hard liquor? That's a question that Sam Pittman asked in his press conference yesterday, and it got a lot of laughs, but it means something. We'll talk about that as well as get into some of the finer details of the Razorback depth chart that was released yesterday, and of course, get into some Tuesday nonsense as well. It's all coming up on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Tuesday, just four days away from Razorback football starting up, which I know the excitement is there. Trust me, I know. I hear about it. I see it. And uh, just considering where our uh, our YouTube and our podcast views and listens are all at right now, I can tell that you're all excited. So again, appreciate everybody listening in and appreciate everybody subscribing. It's going to be a great football season here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. So if you haven't subscribed, be sure you do so because it's going to get crazy. It's going to get fun. And I can't wait to be a part of it and to see it all go down. But uh, a few things, though, that uh, came out of Sam Pittman's press conference yesterday, uh, and this is kind of the final time we'll get to meet with him. I guess he'll have the Sam Pittman show or whatever at the catfish hole. Uh, he'll have that. And, uh, you know, there'll be some other press conferences and whatnot going on this week. But the main thing is, is that uh, Sam Pittman uh, got to meet with the media yesterday and he had a lot of different comments and updates on, on you know, as far as coaches and uh, players and roster management and all that. But he had probably one of my favorite clips and my favorite comparisons he's ever made when he talks about Cincinnati and what they're going to bring, especially when they have a two-quarterback system that they could end up using because they haven't figured out who their starter is. There's a lot of uncertainty about it, but Sam Pittman knows that, and it's all about what they bring, and he had a really funny comment. Take a listen. Big challenge because, you know, they lost their quarterback, they lost their tailback, and they lost a really good wideout. Well, they got a transfer in from Hawaii who's really a good player, and they've got two separate quarterbacks that might, who knows who's going to play, you know, and not positive who the running back's going to be yet. Uh, so Barry's – but we do know – and they got a new coordinator. So you're – you know, you don't know exactly what they're going to do, but um, I think uh, we've got enough defense in that we can attack whatever we see. You know, I think the first couple series are going to be really important to figure out kind of – you know, what they're bringing to the party. You know, some guys bring iced tea and some guys bring liquor. And you just got to figure out what they're bringing. I mean, hey, go into into two-minute offense. You'll figure out what kind of party you're going to on the first play. They start come after you. You're going home, okay, this is what kind of party it's going to be. Or they'll drop eight and you got to dink and dunk and get down in there. So. First two series on both sides of the ball will be a big, big thing on Saturday, in my opinion, and how fast our coaches make adjustments and how fast theirs does. I think it's a can't wait till half. The game's halfway over at that point. So we got we got to really get good communication up front or up top and uh, see what we need to see to figure all this stuff out. So great little uh, quote there from Sam Pittman when talking about, hey, is it going to be iced tea or is it going to be liquor? You'll figure out what kind of party it's going to be. Yeah, very soon, or at least in the first part of the game. And I, I laugh about that quote because not only is it extremely funny, 
but it's also pretty telling as far as the game of football and what you know we see it as as fans or as people that watch it or whatever it may be you know we can see it in, in different lights like we can see as far as okay well you know how's it, how's the entirety of the game going to go what's the final score going to be about uh you know halftime about the adjustments and everything like those are elements to it but as a coach and as as a team like Sam Pittman says you can kind of figure out exactly the tone that the other team is trying to set in the early part of the game, just in those first two series, you know, are they going to be a defense? Just like speaking it from Cincinnati's perspective, are they going to be a defense that is going to be sending the house and trying to get after the quarterback and really, uh, you know, trying to put the pressure on early? Or are they going to be a team that's like, Hey, let's, let's try to play a little bit more conservative, drop eight guys and try to make them try to dink and dunk it, keep everything in front of us. So that way that we don't give any big plays that can set the tone in, in a game and you can kind of figure it out. Now there will be adjustments. There will be things that'll change because that's the course of the game. That's just the way it goes. But the first part of that game, I agree is really going to set the tone, not only for Cincinnati, but, but really for Arkansas too. I, I said yesterday when I was doing through my game by game predictions, and we'll have a, a more of a breakdown or at least a, a more in depth prediction once uh, this upcoming week gets here and i think it'll be probably friday i know i'm going to be up in fayetteville during that time so i may have to record it from uh, the hotel room i'm going to be staying at uh but it's it's going to be my final predictions and get into the really in depth but the one thing that i've said about that game and about the game against cincinnati is that you're you're going to have to set the tone early i think arkansas will and they're going to establish it simply by running the ball effectively I'm not saying that if Arkansas doesn't run the ball to my liking or to the way I believe it should be, that suddenly I'm going to be like, well, this is going to be a failure. This is going to be bad news. Or, or you know, there, there's many problems here. I'm not saying that because Sam Pittman, Kendall Bryles, those guys, they know a lot about this football team, a lot more than me, and they know a lot more about what it takes to be successful against a team like that. But I just believe that if Arkansas can come out in their first two series and for sure score, like, whether it's a touchdown and a field goal, two touchdowns would be great. Uh, you know, back-to-back -back field goals wouldn't be bad, but just avoiding a three and out, avoiding a, a quick uh, turnover or whatever it may be, if they can go out there and with whatever Cincinnati's got planned for them, whether it's the dropping eight or whether it's being extremely aggressive, Arkansas counters that by saying, we don't care whatever you're doing. You know, it doesn't matter if you blitz. It doesn't matter if you drop eight we're going to take this ball and we're going to stuff it down your throat and there's nothing you can do about it. If Arkansas is able to do that and establish it in the early part of the game, then you know that Arkansas is going to have the edge the rest of the way. Now, Cincinnati is a good team. You have to respect them. They're going to bring it back as well. They're going to do some things that's probably going to cause problems for Arkansas at times. Like they'll probably get some scores. They'll probably be pretty good defensively. Well, they'll get a three and outer here or there from Arkansas. Like, that's just the course of the game. That's football. That's what's going to happen. I don't think anybody can sit there and expect Arkansas to just be perfect from beginning to end in the game. Like, that's just a lot to ask for, especially in the first part of the season. But the thing is, is that if you're able to say, like, and this is, this is how my vision, like, I'm given my vision of what I believe Arkansas can do, will do, and I hope they do in the, in the first two possessions against Cincinnati. First off, I hope Arkansas wins the coin toss, and I hope they take the ball. I always have loved, I have loved when teams do that. Petrino's teams did that. And I love the confidence that it instilled because it's not like, 
okay, well, we're going to defer because we don't really know what's going to happen in the first half, but at least we know that whatever does happen, we get the ball, whether we're up big, we can add to the lead, or if we're down, you know, we can, we can take the ball and, you know, try to try to make our comeback. Like I, I didn't ever, I don't ever like that mentality. I like that. We want the ball because we're going to score. We're going to set the tone. We're going to get the first touchdown and you're going to, one's going to have to play catch up to us. I love that mentality. So I hope Arkansas is able to receive the ball first and the very first possession, assuming it goes, you know, a touchback and they had to go 75 yards in order to get the touchdown and get to the end zone. I would just love it. If, you know, Arkansas scores a touchdown within three minutes, whether it's, you know, passing it and quick outs or whatever, or it, my favorite would be just rocket Sanders handoff, rocket Sanders handoff, KJ Jefferson, keeping AJ green handoff, you know, just little, little quick things, but also establishing the run and the aggressive nature of this team and just going right down the field and not even thinking twice to me, that'd be the sexiest thing I could possibly see like that. That would get me hot and bothered in the stands. And when if Arkansas could do that in the first possession, it's a lot of game left, but you could really set the tone for it. And then if Arkansas is able to stop Missouri, or excuse me, stop Cincinnati and be able to get the ball back and maybe try to, you know, whether it's a three and out or, or a turnover or whatever it may be, and then Arkansas gets the ball back and then scores again, whether it's a field goal or preferably a touchdown. But in the first two possessions, if Arkansas gets up by a two-possession lead. I think that's really where it needs to be. If they get up by a two-possession lead, I, I just don't think Arkansas is going to let off the gas, and I don't think that Cincinnati is going to be able to recover from that. You're setting the tone. You know, Sam Pittman talked about it from his team's perspective. You know, well, we don't – Cincinnati, we'll figure out whether or not they're going to bring the iced tea, whether they're going to bring the liquor, and you'll figure out what kind of party it is. That's what he said. But here's the thing. Arkansas is going to do the same thing. So what's Arkansas going to bring? Are they going to bring the, the iced tea? Are they going to bring the hard liquor? I hope Arkansas brings the hard liquor. I hope that they bring the 100-proof the moonshine that was made at, back in Uncle Jethro's backyard. You know, the stuff that could fire off a rocket. Uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see them just put the foot on the gas from beginning to end and completely and totally take them out early. If you do that and establish that, that's not only just going to set the tone for this game, but it kind of sets the tone for the season too. Like if you come out firing on all cylinders and you take care of business and you beat a really good team in Cincinnati and not saying you got to blow them out by 50, that'd be great. But you just, you know that you are the better team and you establish that and you show that in this game. That really can set the tone for the rest of the season to where, hey, boys and girls, this isn't your this isn't your Arkansas team from a few years ago. This is an Arkansas team that came ready. That came ready right as soon as the season started. We don't need adjustment periods. We don't need a couple weeks to get really into our groove. We came out firing right now. Y'all better watch out. I want to see that established. I want Arkansas to bring the hard liquor. Forget the iced tea. Get the hard liquor. Get the big stuff and go out and take care of business and beat Cincinnati and set the tone early. That's really what I want to see. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the online source for your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Bet online. Head over there. 
today. And use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today over at Bet Online, where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So uh, continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast uh i have a uh i have a lot of uh, fun with that last segment for sure and i i think that part of where the excitement is coming from for me as far as establishing everything is now that we finally got an official depth chart in place like there there's not not really any controversies like there has been in previous years as far as the depth chart goes because let's be honest the fact that you don't have a problem at quarterback I love it. I love not having a quarterback problem, not having uncertainty. I love having your guy, and that's it. I love that at the quarterback position. I love it at the running back position. Uh, I love it on the linebacker position and the defensive line, even though the defensive line is one that uh, could be a little bit suspect and could change a little bit. But overall, I just love having certainty in the depth chart where I know what I'm getting, where there's not many major problems. Now, there are some questions on this depth chart like uh, Sam Pittman mentioned yesterday about the cornerback position he's like you know there's there's not nobody that has really stepped forward and grabbed that starting spot they've had some guys that performed well but they haven't been able to find the consistency in that position uh, like they've been hoping for so there are some concerns as that goes but uh, just to kind of give a pretty brief overview of what to expect out of uh, the depth chart starting with the offense and of course quarterback KJ Jefferson. I mean, is anybody surprised by that? No, they shouldn't be. Uh, Malik Hornsby is also the backup there, so no surprise. Rocket Sanders is your number one guy. We knew that was going to happen. AJ Green's backing him up on the depth chart because we know Dominic Johnson is going to be, you know, slow and surely kind of coming back into the mix after being injured. Uh, but uh, you'll be just fine at the running back position. Uh, tight end is Trey Knox, your starter. Like, I love that. I, I think it's, if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know that I've been a big advocate for Trey Knox getting on the field, and I'm excited to see what he'll be able to do at tight end. I think the weight that he's gained, and I think that, uh, you know, the uh, approach that he's had where he's got great hands and, and he's always a team player, I think is really going to benefit him at that position. So uh, I'm excited to see where he's at. Uh, your offensive line, uh, left tackles Luke Jones, a kid that's uh, from Little Rock, actually, but uh, he transferred to Arkansas from Notre Dame, so finally getting his uh, starting spot there at left tackle. You got Brady Latham at left guard. You got Ricky Stromberg at center. You got Bo Lemmer at right guard. You got Dalton Wagner at right tackle. So, you know, those guys right there, it, those are solid. And, in fact, I saw that uh, Pro Football Focus put out uh, their rankings of the offensive lines in the country. And fun fact, Arkansas actually had the number five uh, uh, number five offensive line in the country and the number one SEC offensive line in the country. So big things expecting out of them. It starts with Ricky Stromberg at center, but uh, that's a group that you can be really happy and hopefully they stay healthy. But even if they don't, you still know you got some pretty capable backups to come in. Now, the wide receiver position is one that's been wide open from the very beginning. People were wondering, concerned, and I can't tell you how excited I am that the depth chart came out this way. This is what I was hoping for. This is what I was hoping to see as far as your starting three wide receivers, which there's going to be a lot of other wide receivers in the mix. It's not going to be just these three guys. But the fact that you have Warren Thompson and Matt Landers on the outside, two guys that are 6'3 plus, great speed, great athleticism. Warren Thompson experienced from last year. Matt Landers is the guy we've been hearing so much about uh, from, uh, from all fall camp. By the way, Matt Landers is actually 6'5", so even bigger. 
So you got those guys on the outside. And then the slot position, you got Jaden Hazelwood, transfer out of Oklahoma. That's what I wanted to see. You got the one guy in Warren Thompson from last year with plenty of experience. You got the former five-star, big-time wide receiver out of Oklahoma at the slot position. And on the other side, outside, you got another transfer coming in, started his career at Georgia, went to Toledo, did some big things, and now he's coming into Arkansas and hoping to continue his career and do some big things. So like, I am, I am thrilled with what the starting – uh, the starters look like on the offense. That's exactly what I was hoping for. That's exactly what I was wanting. And I think that as long as everybody stays healthy and it stays that way, it's going to be an exciting time for Razorback fans. And I think the season will really uh, get going the way that most people are hoping for. But on the defensive side of the ball, now this is where it kind of gets uh, wild because at, on the defensive line, that's something that's been just such an uncertainty. We're like, well, okay, we don't really know what's going on here. Like, what what's it looking like? How's it going to play out? You know, who's doing what? And a guy that was actually, it's unfortunate, a guy that was actually uh, in the spring practice that was doing really well, Torian Carter. I know that he's been having to deal with injury too, and he's not listed uh, at this point in time, at least on the uh, on the on the depth chart. So hopefully he gets back and healthy because it feels like he could be able to add some pieces there. But essentially, your starting defensive line is Jashad Stewart at the end position with Landon Jackson, the transfer out of LSU, backing him up. You got Eric Gregory at the defensive tackle position, Terry Hampton, the transfer out of Arkansas State, backing him up. You got Isaiah Nichols at the other defensive tackle position uh, with Cam Ball backing him up. And then you got Zach Williams at the other defensive end position with Jordan Dominic backing him up. Now, the one thing that I will say is like as far as the talent goes or, or anything, we'll see about this defensive line. We'll see about how they approach it. How many times will they have only three down linemen? You know, what, what's the approach going to be? But I will say that regardless of how talented they may be, the one thing that I can take a little bit of solace in is that your starting guys are – Deshaun Stewart, who's a junior, Eric Gregory, who's a redshirt junior, Isaiah Nichols, who's a redshirt senior, and Zach Williams, who's a senior. So you have upperclassmen, you got veteran guys, you got experienced men that are going to be there on the defensive line. It's not like having to worry about a true freshman and hoping he does well. Uh, you got some big dudes, some sizable dudes, and some dudes that have plenty of experience in the SEC. That's going to be key. Linebacker spot, you know, you only got two guys listed here, but it's the two guys that really only matter. Bumper pool and Drew Sanders are two starters. I'm great with that. I'm fine with that. That's going to be awesome. Jordan Crook is backing up bumper pool. Chris Poo Paul, as he's called, is backing up Drew Sanders. So I know there's going to be a lot of flexibility going on with the linebacker position, but it's awesome to see those two guys. Now, the cornerback position, which we brought up, as far as it being up in the air and uncertain, you got Ladarius Bishop uh, on one side, and you got Hud Island, the no fly zone. Hudson Clark on the other side. Those are at least the starters at this point in time. Malik Chavis is backing up Bishop, and Dwight McLaughlin or Kari Johnson will be backing up Hudson Clark. Now, some of you may be throwing up your arms about Hudson Clark or, or you know, wondering about the other guys. Here's the thing. Um, you're going to see guys playing in and out. Like It's not going to be just these two guys the entire time. But it does say something about where you've gotten some transfers, you've gotten some new additions, but the two guys that are getting the start are the two guys that are the most experienced guys and the guys that played on the team last year between both, uh, between uh, you had Hudson Clark and, of course, at the other side, uh, Ladarius Bishop. They both have a lot of experience from last year. Now, at the nickel position, Miles Slusher has moved over to that place, and he is the starter. I'm really excited about him. I know he played a lot of safety, uh, but he's he's made the transition there, and I think that if the coaches are happy about him being at that position and, and feel like he's really strong there, too, we know how important it is. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do there. And then at the uh, safety positions, no ex no surprise, Jalen Catalan will be your guy uh, at, at one safety position with Latavius Brini, the transfer from Georgia, backing him up. 
And then the other safety position will be Simeon Blair, who is a redshirt senior. He's going to be the starter at that one spot. And then Jaden Johnson will be backing him up as well. So that's your two deep on both the uh, offense and defense. And so, of course, uh, some of the special team stuff like A.J. Green will be returning kicks for Arkansas. I know that that's a thing. Uh, I know that at, at the wide receiver position, they got some guys that are going to be backing up some other dudes there, too. But uh, Bryce Stevens will be returning punts at this point in time. And so you have Cam Whittle, also Max Fletcher, as well as Reed Bauer, will be sharing, sharing the punting positions. But still, special teams will be great. I think everything's great right now for Arkansas. Like they got really got a lot of good things going for them. And I'm excited to see where the two deep goes and how uh, much they'll change things up. And uh, hopefully everybody stays healthy. But no, no big surprises, but still uh, a pretty good two deep there and something that I'm pretty excited about as well. We'll close up shop here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast coming up next. Stay with us. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment here on the uh, Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, first off, again, I'm, I'm thankful for all of you that uh, subscribe and watch the podcast, listen to the podcast, however you uh, you end up doing it or however you, uh, you know end up listening and all that fun stuff too. So uh, I'm appreciative of that. Uh, but we know that, uh, you know, this this upcoming game against Cincinnati, there's a lot of question marks. And some of you have reached out to me, whether it's via Instagram or via TikTok or uh, Twitter, whatever it is, however you feel like you need to contact me. And I've asked about where's my confidence level coming from? Because I did a breakdown yesterday of 10 and 2, my season prediction for Arkansas, 7 and 1 in SEC play. And I think most of you were pretty excited about that, at least uh, hopeful that I'm correct. But then there were some of you that were also like, you're drunk, you're crazy, you're stupid, you're a homer, whatever it is. But some people ask me where my confidence comes from. Uh, and so I guess the, the, the best answer for that as to where my confidence comes from is simply in the fact that I, I, know, I know history, I know trends, I know directions, I know question marks, I know all of those things just from watching college football and also being a Razorback fan for a very long time. And yeah, I've seen greatness. I've seen teams that have been great before. You know, I've seen the highest of highs and I've seen the lowest of lows. And the one thing that I feel like has always been a good indicator, especially in the early part of a coach's tenure, is how does a team finish the season? Like if they finish strong, and they finish strong in the early part of their season tenures or the season's tenure. To me, that shows exactly how good they're going to be. Bobby Petrino always finished strong. Now, he didn't always win the final game. I'm not talking about just winning the final game of the season. I'm just saying that well, how good of a team are you looking like at the end of the season? You know, at the end of his first year, the end of his second year, the end of his third year, even the end of his fourth year, you know, they were playing some of their best football. That's a great indication. Houston Nutt, a guy I'm not a huge fan of, if you think about it, usually was not playing their best football at the end of the season. Like sometimes they'd find a way to beat LSU. I'm not saying that, but there was a lot of cases where, like in '98, they didn't play their best football at the end of the year. Same thing in '99, 2000. Like they didn't, they weren't doing very well. Like there was elements there too where, if you weren't playing your best football, that sometimes showed just you know what type of coach you could be. Brett Bielma, oh my gosh, the worst type of coach at the end of the season. Like, always was failing miserably. I think he had that one year in 2014 where they finished all right, and maybe in 2015, I guess, decently. But 
you could just tell after the collapses, after the way they looked and game collapse, late game collapses, late season collapses, you could tell that wasn't going to work. And well, and Chad Morris wasn't good in anything. Beginning, middle, end, doesn't matter. He wasn't good. So I think that's always a great indication. Sam Pittman, past two years, has finished strong. Last year especially, finished strong. Not only finishing the season on a great note, but then winning the bowl game, looking convincing. Like all the momentum that's going along with it, like those things are the things that kind of make you feel very confident very strongly about uh, their chances of taking it that next step. So that's where my confidence comes from. Strong finishes by Sam Pittman means that you got a strong team, a mentally tough team, team that can handle the fatigue of the season and be able to still go out and do it. I think that this year is going to be the same way. Uh, I think you're going to start start strong, and I think you're going to finish strong. That middle part, though, is really where it's going to be key. But that's that's where my confidence comes from. It's just the trends of where it's going and how, how good of this team is always uh, starting and finishing. That's what it's all about. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.